This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. This is the American Toffee Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman. What is up, everybody? This is Alex, joined as always by James. Hello. With our esteemed guest, Ryan Williams. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on as always. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. So today we are doing a transfer episode. It's the 25th of January, and I don't think James and I have talked once about transfers. And to be honest, I'm not sure it's really been a huge talking point like it usually would be this month across Everton social media. Um, so let's start things off, gentlemen. Ryan, first, how do you feel our general transfer strategy is going to play out, I guess, in the next six or seven days? You know, do you, do you think we're going to be spending big money? Um, any signings? How many, if you, if you think so, how about, um, you know, what positions you'd prefer that sort of thing? Well, I think first things first, financial fair play has to be consideration. They haven't ruled on the cash injection from, um, off yet. Uh, I don't know if that'll be recorded at fair market value will be the same as what they paid. We feel confident. I guess that might give us some breathing room. Uh, my guess is we're not going to spend much at all in January. Uh, historically brands has done business in January. I know he came out and said that he doesn't, but you guys, I think, no, I did an article on a yeah. coffee analysis. I kind of walked through that. Uh, and he has done business so far. Right? Jared Brainwith is a really talented player. Honestly, he's very raw. Don't expect him the first team soon, even if he was training on day one, which is interesting. Um, but very raw, very talented. So technically, we have, I guess, done some business, but not first team business. So I, I don't see a lot. Um, I think we still have too much dead weight there. Uh, Omar Nias does not seem to be attracting interest. I know we're all shocked about that. Yeah, and it, it won't go to the championship, So I, which I just... Look, I I don't entirely blame these guys. Martina the same way. They're free agents. You know, they can sign with whomever they want. Uh, there's, I, they'd almost be doing us a favor, I guess. Um, that being said, you got to think about it. You want to continue your career. I mean, if no one wants you now when it would be a cut rate deal. Uh, but anyway, no, I don't see big business. I could definitely see a loan or two. Um, I, you know, it's too bad too, because we see some business being done right now. Um, and I would say if they're really positions of need, uh, it seemed like Carlo alluded to the fact that right-sided attacker would be important. I think we've needed that. We, we would love to have a right-sided player that can attack on his left. I mean, we don't have a single left-footed attacker, period, on the team, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So that certainly takes away some, some level of tactical flexibility. Um, but I still think center mid's the one. Uh, you know, having someone yeah. that can physically kind of command and boss a game. Uh, and I think, that would be the only place I could see us going permanent in theory. If we found the right guy, I mean, it's not insane that we couldn't sell in May, you know, before the fiscal year end and kind of balance the books a little bit for financial fair play. But keep in mind what I'm saying. We don't lack money. It's just simply the regulation. Uh, I mean, what are your guys thoughts? I mean, I guess center back, I guess maybe depth for center back. Cause I start thinking what happens if one of them goes down now, if, if JPG is healthy, he can maybe fill in too, but, um, if Lewis Gibson's going to sign a deal and go out on loan, who the heck are we going to throw in there? Because Jared Brentworth is not ready for that. Yeah, no, I agree with with basically everything you said, Ryan. I think 
a the financial fair play um, is going to play a bigger role. I think some fans may be still a bit uh, disillusioned that we have this billionaire owner and we can just continue to splash cash. But it's just not how the it works. financial fair play. Yeah, and and I'd actually be interested to hear because um, I know this is something you've I've seen you talk a lot about on Twitter, but the fair market value of something like the the Uzmanov option to uh, option on the naming rights for the stadium. Yeah. Um, how that, how things like that are, are, are evaluated by um, the, the financial, I guess, authorities and how is, is 30 million something that you, you think um, might be considered above market value right around par for the course or, or along those lines? It's a great question because I don't think that's a very common deal. I mean, the very, it's funny being, being yeah. American, which is, this is, Sometimes we have uh, something to add, I think, from an angle standpoint. I mean, you see a lot more creative financial deals, and, and we see stadium rights all over the darn place. You know what I mean? It's, I feel like every right. week someone's redoing one. Um, but options to buy stadium rights, I don't know. I mean, so, so naturally what would happen here is that um, Everton would, would, and I think they have in this case, based on some, what some people have told me, is employed consultants that basically deal in this industry and make a case and try and defend uh, their valuation of this type. And they would submit it downstream to the league. The league ultimately has to review it and they would engage their own independent folks. But really it's a combination of what similar deals are out there, um, how that case looks like, what their, what's their justification. In this particular instance, it's not like a traditional stadium rights deal where you've seen lots of them. And people freak out about that and say, well, I mean, the stadium rights naming deal in Las Vegas has nothing to do with Liverpool. I, I know that. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say whatever is comparable. And, and and these people do this for a living. I mean, so it's not that they don't know right. the factors, but there are some things going for them. I mean, Liverpool is not the least known city in the world. It has significant tourism. I mean, there is development going down in the docks. Its location will be quite impressive and important, seen by a lot of people. So I think there's a decent case to be made. The numbers are big, but an option to buy at that kind of, I mean, right. I, I just, I, I just haven't heard about too much business like that. I mean, they feel comfortable in defending it, but um, I don't know if that works in your favor or against you. I mean, how can you rule subjectively against it if you don't have a lot of comps? I don't know. It's a good question. I, I'm very interested in how that's going to roll out. The other thing is too, I and mean, we haven't really even seen the accounts uh, in great detail. At least I, I haven't. Right. So I, I don't, I, I don't even know how close we necessarily are, if that's just to give us a little bit of breathing room or or how that affects us. But I, I mean, the money coming in is good for us either way, but that has nothing to do with it. This is clearly a way to upfront. Um, I think the only only thing that they have going for them in theory is if that locks down an option to buy at a certain price, which it sounds like it might, and that price is reasonable, I, I think you can say being, I mean, I am a CPA, I got a couple of master's degrees in finance. I, I I know a little bit about business, um, a little. Uh, I, I think there's a selling point there to say, hey, that is something of value. You know what I mean? Um, but every right. other club on the planet, you know, is going to sit back and say, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious. You have a giant billionaire Russian that's basically funding you and giving you money. I mean, we know what's happening. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, the option, the option is just unusual because I think the option implies that there would be significant competition for the naming rights. And yet now it, based on the rumors that have been going around, it's almost like a foregone conclusion that it will be Uzmanov who gets the rights. So then is the the option then redundant in that case? Um, so I think the, the logic is interesting, but I think the overall strategy um, is good just, you know, to get more money into the, into the club Love directly it. in the short Love term. Uh, and, and so it seems like a creative little, uh, 
little workaround. So I'm I'm in approval of that. But um, let's shift back a little bit to the actual transfers because I I agree with Ryan where I think it has to be a center mid if you move on a permanent basis. And and even if we were to move on a loan, I think you still have to look to bolster the ranks in central midfield, given all the injuries, given actually there was an article in the Echo, I think this morning, maybe yesterday, just talking about uh, Gabamin and his path back to the first team. And now they're saying, you know, they haven't provided any kind of return date yet. And it's now January towards the end. That had been the target date for months now. So when he's finally even back to full match fitness, is he going to be able to come right back in the side and make an immediate impact? Probably not. So I think you need to bring just an additional body in there to give Carlos some options and some flexibility. Totally agree. And it'd be nice, you know, in theory, Andre Gomes is not the best defensive player. I mean, you guys have heard kind of my take on him. Um, It it would be nice to have another alternative type player too. Um, I'd love to see that combo. Having someone that's maybe a little more defensive oriented um, that can can play a little differently just to give Carlo some options in the center of the pitch. And I mean, think about it. So if, if Carlo wanted to play like a double pivot or something, which he has a couple times in the past, who is the other defensive mid? Are we going to put Morgan Schneiderlin in there? Now, look, he, he was great against Newcastle, but he's not a good athlete. He's not sit for the league. And there's almost no way in heck he's going to be with us past the summer. So um, and there's some names out there, but I mean, some of these are absurd. Like, uh, look, Allen at Napoli is great. The guy is awesome. He's exactly what we need. Super industry, moves the ball, progressive, everything that you would want. Like, he would be exactly, if I had to pick a guy, one of the you know five guys I would have. He's not leaving this window. I mean, why, why do people – I just – he would be very expensive. He's also 29. Like, I just cannot see Marcel Brands, just because Carlo Ancelotti is here – does not mean he's going to totally re-alter and redo all things related to transfer strategy here. I mean, he's shown at every step of the way that he kind of takes the backseat. He's had a lot of very dominant sporting directors over him, and he's been fine. So in summary, great player, not age-appropriate. I don't think Carlo's going to hijack our whole transfer strategy to do it. And, and look, with financial fair play, there's no way. How would we make that happen? He's not leaving on loan. He's too important for them. I mean, who knows in the summer, but I don't know. 29 years old, I, I just don't see it. I agree with that. I, I do think we do need a, a central midfielder this window, which is crazy because it's been years now and it's actually felt like central midfield was our essentially healthiest position just based on the number of bodies we had. I mean, at least I felt that way. And now all of a sudden it feels like they're literally dropping like flies and then you know, you have a handful that are here and I guess can't perform. Now, being an, a new Inter fan, I've seen a rumor about Matthias Vecino, which I personally am pretty excited about. Um, I mean, he's a defensive midfielder. I'm not sure how much you two know about him, but he's definitely got a really good passing range, controls the ball super well, especially under pressure. Um, I think he would be a pretty big asset in central midfield on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think he would be probably an immediate step up on Morgan Schneiderlin. And he might offer that, you know, that passing out of the back that Ancelotti is definitely looking to implement. He can get forward too. I mean, he, he, he gets in the box. He does some creative stuff. I, I like him as a player. I think he's very clever, uh, big, you know. So the problem with him on film is he, he looks slow to me still. He doesn't turn quickly. I, I don't know. Yes, I think he's an upgrade in Morgan Schneiderlin in terms of he will go forward and he is more dynamic. Pass. I don't know if he's the best fit for the Premier League, but on loan, he's not playing much. Uh, he he could certainly help. I mean, he wouldn't necessarily be my pick. I, I wouldn't want to buy him permanently, 
Um, but yeah, man, of course he would help. Absolutely. He's a pretty quality player. And uh, we need it. He, he is the right profile, though. I mean, I will say this. Of all the rumors out there, uh, if we're looking for kind of a temporary player, that's the one probably of all of them that makes the most sense. I mean, we're not buying Allen. We already went over that. Hoiberg, we're not paying $35 million for him. I, we're, I, I love the stats. Great. He wins a lot of balls. I mean, come on, man. That, that's just silly stuff. And then what was the other one recently? Um, Emery Chan. Chan. I mean, first of all, am I wrong? Did, did, did I forget that he played on the other side of the park at Stanley Park? No, you're you're not misremembering. <laughs> no, I remember him being the little snipe. Well, he's yeah. not little, but yes, I could not stand him. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to kick him through yeah. the TV. Oh, want to kick him through the TV so many times. Um, but I, I do really think he's gonna just move. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I, I'm a little confused about that one. I, I, I get it. I mean, I, he kind of has the right profile, but. Jeez, can you see him wearing an Everton jersey? Like in my mind, I am really struggling to see him wearing blue. Yeah, I am as well. I that again, this is just one where this this January and the reason Alex and I haven't talked about transfers yet is because the rumors have been just farcical almost where there hasn't really been any kind of even remotely believable link and yeah. I think Emery Chan is is a perfect example of one that's an easy one for journalists to make because it makes headlines. It ticks all the boxes as far as clickbait, but it never, and you know, Juventus, obviously Ancelotti coming from Italy, like yep. all of the, the um, fringe ties are there to yep. make it remote, somewhat believable, but not to the point where I think there's any actual legs to it. And Carlos come out multiple times and said, every name in the paper is wrong. Every name in the paper is wrong. And we know that it's great. And like, but that's sort of the precedent the brands is set where like he doesn't, he keeps his, his stuff under wraps where he's not going to disclose or let agents leak things before because he, 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 I guess he believes that it hurts his negotiating position, which it, I think it does in a lot of cases. So I think if we are going to bring in a central midfielder, we'll be someone that's not on any of these lists. But um, again, time's running short and I, it's going to be very interesting. Just, it's going to be a busy few days from ourselves. That goes without saying. I'm still disappointed in the room. Though. Like, come on, we can't be more creative. Yeah. I, I feel like I should do this like for a living. Yes. Because- I mean, I wouldn't because I'd want to kill myself. But I mean, <laughs> I think I think it was me and what Jacob who writes for uh, what Toffee Targets. We were throw, we were having some fun with one the other day, and I, I I just started making them up. I think the one I said we were gonna buy Kiza because Carlo gave his dad his first shot at you know in <laughs> Syria, and and I think at the end I closed with and turns out Carlos is actual father, you know, just oh, come on. Yeah. We can't do more creative than uh, it's just disappointing. Um, my personal favorite though right now. You guys have to love the Everton saga, the Everton saga. Love it. This, I love this it, is, dude. This I one is actually good. I like this one. I mean, how do we start? First of all, I, didn't we agree terms in December? I thought that was done. Yeah, it's a done deal. It's done. Hold there up, hold up. Ryan, he's a right-footed attacker. <laughs> oh, can we go through my logic? Do you like that one? Yeah. No. In case, okay, go in ahead. In case go everyone's ahead, go heard ahead. it. Yeah, yeah, in case everyone's heard it, the way I dismiss every attacking rumor, because we're not buying a center forward, so I, that those are just stupid, um, is like Ibrahimovic is not – Anyway, no, I'm not going to go there. Uh, yeah, my logic uh, is very simple. Left-sided player, yep. Right-footed player, yep. Rumor, not good. Totally made yeah. up. I mean, how many more of these players do we need? And exactly. the worst one is, like, you wouldn't buy someone to, what do you, convert them over to right? No, you just buy a right-sided player. I mean, this is, right. what are we talking about? It's not, Everton is not a halfway house. A lot of agents are using it, but... 
But the, the way this one has gone round and round is just absolutely mind-boggling. What the last rumor was that his agent, Gilmar Villas, is on the plane, right? He's coming over to England to negotiate with us, only to find out that he's not even his agent anymore. And it's funny, I actually, <laughs> looked, I actually looked it up the other day, and sure enough, he was – I think he changed agents like in the summer, man. Like it wasn't even – and I, I didn't know that either. So I only know that name like I was thinking about it. I don't know that name. He's, he was Alexander Pato's agent who was kind of stirring up all sorts wow. of stuff. Also, by the way, Pato got his start. Carlo bought him at I think AC Milan mm-hmm. when he was like 18. Do you, all this stuff is connected, man. It's like, it's like 1970s progressive rock bands. Like everyone played with <laughs> everyone else. You start to yeah. – it's, 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 I mean, Carlo has been everywhere. It's unbelievable. But yeah, this one's absurd. Uh, but only to find out that – I mean he had to go on social media to say he's not even my agent. Um, I did, I did, it was very interesting though. Uh, Giuliano, uh, sounds like who's, he's working with is a pretty big agent though. I don't know if you guys know his name, but he, he's, uh, David Luis, Marquinhos, okay. uh, David Nerez. Interesting. Uh, mm. Felipe Anderson, uh, Oscar. Oh, and one of my favorites, Bruno Guimarez, who, um, would, I don't know if he's the perfect fit for the premier league, but God, he's a wonderful young player out of Brazil. Uh, so who knows? Uh, I just don't see this happening. It doesn't seem like he fits at all. We have so many players in this position. I, I have little concerns about a guy who's 23. He's going to be 24 in March coming out of Brazil. Now, you know, normally you like to get those guys out a little bit earlier. Uh, he's a good player, though, but it just I don't know. I, I just he doesn't fit the profile to me. Yeah, of all the areas we have to improve on the pitch, it's like another left sided midfielder makes absolutely no sense, especially now that. You know, we're not even really looking. We're looking at a four-four-two and not really playing a four-three-three. Right. Like apparently was the end goal of the Marco Silva reign that we never really saw materialize. Yeah. But I think that actually does um, make some interesting questions as far as the midfield personnel that we're looking to recruit. Where when you have three central midfielders, two defensive, one attacking, or whatever the the formation is. It, we need to have the flexibility. I mean, we've got Awobi coming back. Is he one that sits centrally in a four four two? That doesn't really seem like his um, the way to get the best out of him. I, He'll probably play outside, and I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, I can see him at the tip of the spear. I mean, Carlos played kind of the diamond before. Um, he's actually mm. done some really interesting kind of diamond stuff where he'll kind of have. He'll have a diamond, but then he'll kind of be with his two central mids somewhat as- asymmetrical. He'll have someone pushed up higher and the other one kind of lower. Um, he's also done places like with Pirlo at AC Milan where he had a deep-lying playmaker that really came back deep that wasn't a great defensive player, but with kind of two ball winners around him, uh, Gattuso being one, uh, and you know the other one kind of rotated a bit. So I, I do think he has some flexibility, but the, the one profile that is striking most of his midfielders, he, he's not, he doesn't play a lot of wingers. I mean, he... Marco is a little bit similar, but you know Marco's three in the four three three was his biggest problem was his lack of flexibility in attack, and and this is kind of common with a lot of people that like to pressure in a four three three. Not to get too coach speak, but um, if you're going to overload in a four three three, the whole point of the four three three in terms of pressure is you already have three attackers all the way up high. You can immediately counter press. You can kind of pin them back in. So if you start swinging guys over too far over, like you saw Bernard really coming across the field and playing almost centrally at times. And we were funneling the ball right um, against Newcastle and ignoring the last two stupid minutes. We played excellent uh, in that. Yeah, I know. We played excellent in that way. But that's really hard to counterpress out of that because you're kind of lumped over on one side. But if you take care of the ball, I mean, that's how you have to beat some of these teams that pack in. So uh, I, I think 
it's it's reason to expect that we would have players that can play someone inside. I, I don't think you'll see a traditional wing. Um, and I, I think, you know, the other names like Herving Lozano, like we're not getting her. I mean, there's no way uh, just from a money standpoint, but he is kind of a flexible player. So he's not a crazy shout, but we got to get a left footer in there somehow. Um, even when he did play 4-3-3 at Real Madrid, you saw Angel Di Maria actually, in essence, played a left mid uh, and almost more centrally, which is really interesting, right? Because you think of he has he has done a good job, Carlo, in the past, taking maybe a player or two and putting him in a slightly different role and having them excel. And I'm not so sure Bernard's not that guy. So so I could see I could see Awobi playing even more advanced than Bernard. Bernard playing kind of of those two central mids, the more advanced one. Um, but who plays? Say you put JPG as kind of the base as more of a protector of center mids, and he's not Pirlo in his distribution, but he's actually a pretty good passer. Who's the center mid now? Is it Andre? Like, I, I just, I see a more physical dominant force in there, and, and we just don't have it. I wonder if we, if we do see a loan with an option to buy. Like, I, and I just, there's some guys out there that I, that wouldn't be crazy. Uh, I mean, Frank Kessie is one that people have brought up, and he's, a, he's more of an attacking yeah. player, but he's a guy that's kind of been in and out at Milan. You know, you don't know how happy he is. Um, Ibrahim Sangre, I think is more of a defensive player, but look, Toulouse is going down. They look horrible. Um, but then you start thinking about these names and you're like, why would we do that now? France has a timeline that's four or five years from start. He's about two years into it. People need to remember this just because Carlo is here does not mean that timeline is broken or changed. So I think alone, uh, may happen, but I, I, I just think that player, I think we all need them. I think we all know we need him. I don't think it's going to happen until the summer, even though I'm optimistic we sneak someone in in the back. So, but that's life, you know? I mean, I don't know, but then you look at the table and you think, geez, you know, a little bit of help. You know what I mean? I mean, even the top teams, there's one top team right now. Everybody else is vulnerable. I mean, is it worth maybe making a short-term play or not? It'd be nice if we get Omar and Martina out the door and, and maybe make a run for Europe. It's not crazy. We're not that far out, despite us blowing three points this past weekend. But is the counter-argument, like, the table's so tight right now, could we not just get to Europe with the squad that we have, assuming we start to get healthier. Don't you see that gap? I mean, I see, I still see a massive gap in there. I really do. I just, it, it's crying for, I don't think Andre's going to be ready. And frankly, I think that's been there. You know, Alex, you make a good point in saying we've had numbers there. I think Ghana is a little bit of a weird player. You know, he was more of a ball winner, whereas people thought of him as a defensive midfielder. And yes, he was limited creatively. He did everything else really, really well. But he, he was honestly better when he was almost in central, just running around like a maniac. You know what I mean? So having a defensive mid that could kind of sit back and enable him to do that was unique. There aren't too many players like that. Um, so now JPG is a slightly different way of replacing him. He's more of the guy sitting back. But that active CM that can go forward and be creative, we don't have that. I mean, Andre Gomes is really good with buildup and everything, but he's not not creative in the final third. Vecino is kind of uh, when he gets in there. So I, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I still see that as being a massive gap, though. I, I do. I agree. I mean, as you said, it was more so like the profile thing. And uh, it would have been a fun rumor. But I think to, to wrap up kind of my thoughts on the window itself and, and how we should approach the business, I think I agree. I, I'd prefer a loan or two, preferably with an option to buy, kind of like uh, Sadibe, for example. Um, and and see how the how they can help the squad help push the squad right and that might even be a factor of like you know you bring in a player or two on loan they may not be world beaters but how does that affect the the central midfielders that you have and their performances because it's all good fun to say everyone is competing they're training hard and you know they're they're training hard and 
and they know that they want to win their spot, and I'm sure that's true. But is there a tipping point? You know, okay, I see someone come in on my at my position. They sign someone new. That's great. But you know, there are three, two, three midfield spots. I'll be good. At some point, you might have a couple players legitimately looking over the shoulder, like, okay, obviously I'm not as good as I think I am, or I'm not performing to the same standard <laughs> that I may in my mind think I am. And we could see improvement from the squad literally just based on competition, too. That's a great point. Maybe maybe some leadership, too. I mean, it, it's very... The Delph move, I thought, was interesting in the summer. And then you start looking at it, and you start thinking, like, maybe these guys... You know, it's not... I don't know if it's coincidence that we've collapsed in the second half a lot, but it would be interesting to see some more senior, authoritative central mid to come in and may, maybe take someone like Tom Davies under his wing. Because let me tell you what, him coming in against Newcastle... I, I, Tom's have some good qualities, but his... His discipline, his defensive positioning is is terrible, and I, I don't, I don't. You can't play him in the center mid if he if he can't have more of a balance. And and I, I wonder if this team needs experience. Like I know it sounds crazy because you don't want to spend any money on someone like that, obviously. Um, but God, maybe we need a little bit of that just to show people, you know, on a day to day basis and get them to compete. So Alex, it could be twofold. Twofold. You know what I mean? It could be someone that comes in and pushes them as well as maybe kind of sets an example. Um, I can't can't ignore the fact that maybe maybe we need more leadership in midfield. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was again what Fabian Delph was brought in for, and <laughs> as much as he yells a lot, yeah, he, he yells, yells a lot. lot. He swears at players on the pitch. <laughs> he gets caught on camera. I mean, he does all those <laughs> things really well. And then, like many of Get our other players, media. yeah, gets on social media fighting with fans. So maybe that hasn't quite turned out the way many fans anticipated, but also. We don't know what goes on day in, day out on the training ground. I mean, we know I mean, his resume speaks for itself, but it just hasn't really materialized in any tangible way for Evertonians. Where we're like, oh, you know, we're collapsing in the second half of all these games last season. Let's bring in an experienced player like Delph and, oh, let's just do it a lot more now. So and he's kicked it in his own net. I mean, <laughs> you know, the thing is, I think he's been our best midfielder, though, sadly. I know everyone's going to hate me for saying that. But, I mean, he's the only one that can kind of go back and forth, carry the ball a little bit and close people. Uh, but, yeah, God, he need to get better there. He's not afraid to to take responsibility during the match. That's another thing. Like, if things aren't going well, yeah. you know, whether it goes well when he does it or not, he'll take the ball and he'll try to get the ball forward to to mixed results. But at least he's not one to hide during games, I don't think. Yeah, you know, the one thing I will say, though, is I, I my guess is this window is I, I think Marcel's doing the best he can to shift as much dead weight as he can this yeah. window, because I do think that has direct impact on who he I'm not saying we're going to bring in Adrian Rabio or anything, but but in theory, if you could dump Omar's salary, Martina's salary, uh, whoever, you know, Jenks gone and you start doing the math, you're like, you, you could maybe absorb someone like that for a short period of time and with an option to buy, it might be a clever way to do business. So there are opportunities in January. It's not completely devoid of them. I mean, I'm sorry. I see JK Augustine going to Leeds on a loan. Holland's doing, Holland's doing okay at Dortmund. Right. I mean, are crazy. you kidding? And Danny Almo almost going God. to RBL for like 20 Unreal. mil. That drives me crazy. That kid is so talented. And, and we knew he'd move there eventually somewhere out of that club, but you know, you see opportunities and you're like, eh, I know you say you pay too much in January, but there are chances and opportunities to take. Um, maybe we'll see one at the end. I, I think that's what he's waiting for. I think he's trying to move as much dead wood as he can and see how much he has to play with. And and I don't know. I'm hopeful we get one in at least. Um, we'll see. I, I'm optimistic. I think we're going to get someone in the center midfield. That's my personal opinion. Maybe right wing. That's my guess. You guys, what do you think? 
it's, I think at this point we all sort of know what the deficiencies in the squad are and the areas that we need to improve. And it, it is central mid and it's a true right winger. No disrespect to Theo Walcott, but maybe a little disappointment thrown his way just hasn't been good enough. If we could get an upgrade there and then you're looking at potentially a scenario where you could play like Richarlison at a left mid position and then have um, have Keane and DCL up front. And then we have a true because, you know, Richarlison's defensive work rate has been outstanding. He's like, I don't know exactly where he's at tackle wise, but he was disproportionately high for a, an attacking player with the number of tackles that he makes. He's got the most tackles in the team. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, so he can play that def- that left mid position. I don't think you need to necessarily play him at striker. You could argue he'd be more effective, but I do have high hopes on the evidence from the Newcastle match that Keen and DCL can develop a really fruitful partnership together. You get that right-hand side sorted, and then, I don't know, I, I would love to just see, like we've talked about, a true left-footed player to, to bring in because it's just frustrating to have to play players where they're not most productive. But in the same vein... Hamas Rodriguez. Yeah, bring Hummus in Hamas. Yeah. He's coming. That was... He's on 500K a like, week. That was... That was that that sums up the transfer window right there. Just names that are big, but just not remotely realistic for us at the moment. So I'm hoping that Marcel will I think I think we'll be surprised. Whatever we do, I don't think it's gonna be anything that anyone's anticipating, any of the names that have been listed so far. And that's why we've again st- kind of tried to stay away from the transfer rumors because we know how much of it is rampant speculation. But we had to have a little bit of fun with this one. I think we did. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean just surround on my thoughts. I agree. Central midfield and then right midfield is definitely preferred. I, I'm personally still waiting for those for those crazy South American signings from brands that everyone has been promising. <laughs> Ryan, well, G- Jesus, Jesus has come back and uh, he's now playing for Real Madrid. By that, that one drives me crazy because people are like, "Yeah, oh, we blew it. We didn't have it's Real Madrid guys, and he's 17, and they're paying." 30 mil for him. Don't get me wrong. I would love, I look forward to the day where Everton can make that type of investment. And, and look, five years from now, not from now, three years from now, when we have a full, you know, healthy, mature squad, that's the exact type of move you can maybe make and afford to do that. But we're not there yet, folks. We're not. I look forward to it. I, I have faith in Marcel Brands. Um, you know, I of course. Are you are you suggesting, Alex? I don't have a whole slew of Brazilians in my back pocket in my mind who I'd love for us to. I, I mean, Copa, I watch a little too much Copa Libertadores. I agree. I'm not suggesting. I'm asserting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're accurate. Uh, you're right. I got a couple. Uh, yeah. Well, Palacios already went. He would have been amazing. Uh, Gamares might be the guy, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen this window, though. I, I don't. I think we're going to stay put. I think center mid, maybe right mid. Loney, and then uh, I think we're going to make all sorts of things happen this summer by selling everyone else. I'm telling you, man, Brands has moved everyone out of the team he inherited at PSV and AZ within two or three years. Bang, gone, all of them. So every one of those names, people are like, oh, we're stuck with this person. They're all going to be gone. Just watch. It's going to be a blast this summer, I think. I'm trying to be up. <laughs> I think that's probably going to do it for us. Yeah, patient will be probably enduring at least enough, at least one more heartbreaking loss before the end of the season. But perhaps we can pull out some exciting wins as well, see where we can get in the table. And then, yeah, we just sort of plus press the reset button in January, get, get the show on the road, continue with Marcel's vision. Carlo Ancelotti will certainly help with the recruitment. I think the caliber of player that we're going to be able to, to bring in 
Um, he will be a huge asset for us. And then he'll have more or less uh, players that, that he wants and in his squad. And I think the future again is extremely bright for all of all Evertonians. It, it, the current state may be a little bleak, but it's better days ahead, no matter how you look at it. You know what that means? That means in five days, he's going to pull off some absolutely absurd thing. And we're going to have me back on laughing at each other for even having this pod today. <laughs> I hope that'd be awesome. Right. That'd be awesome. Uh, you know, yeah, I'd know. love to be wrong there for sure. That'd well, be good. Either way, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us as always. Pleasure. And we will catch you guys next time. Up the toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Come join our Discord community at invite.gg/atp and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod. <laughs>